You know what time it is. It's the motherfucking Grand Slam season, baby. Alright, let's get straight to it. Tomorrow we have 20 matches in the women's, 20 matches in the men's. But of course, we're not going to talk about the men's at all. Uh, all week, or all two weeks, rather, all tournament, we're just going to be looking at the women's, okay? Starting with these 20 matches that are tomorrow on a Sunday. So let's get straight to it. First up, opening play on Philippe Chatri, Chatri. I need to learn how to say it. I'm going to learn how to say it once I hear uh, a Frenchman say it. But anyway, as I was saying, opening play on Philippe Chatri tomorrow. First up is the world number two, Arena Sabalenka versus Marta Kostyuk. Now, um, as some of you guys may or may have not have been aware uh there's you know during the media day there's been a bit of a back and forth between the two uh you know reporters asking some you know reporters by the way love involving politics with sport and obviously i mean i you know in this day and age you know 2023 at this point i'm sure it's no secret that they love stirring up beef and drama and storylines headlines etc just gives them uh something to write about but only arena sabalenka was asked like uh you know, how, how will it feel like, you know, facing someone like Marta Kostyuk, who's been so vocal against Russian and Belarusian players? And she says, she basically uh, handled it pretty well. She said, yeah, I don't really give a fuck. Like, if she hates me, uh, then she hates me. Like, it's, you know, there's, like, nothing I can do about it. If she feels that way about me, then uh, uh, all I can say is I don't feel that way about her and, you know, don't want to involve uh, politics with sport. Like, this is just tennis, etc." Um, and then, of course, when Marta Kostyuk was asked similar sort of questions during media day, um, I don't know the exact quote, but she did say something about Sabalenka's, uh, you know, association, not with the war or the regime or whatever, but just something like, actually, I found it. This is exactly what she said. Kostyuk said, it's not politics. War is war. We know how Russia and Belarus act in this war. They shoot civilians, take civilians as prisoners, loot homes, rape and kidnap children. This is genocide of Ukrainian people, not politics. Now, I don't I don't see like that is all like very good. Like I know that these are all serious issues and what is going on to the people of Ukraine really is devastating. There is absolutely no denying that. That's no question. But that but that's not really what we're talking about. Like Sabalenka is a tennis player, yeah, she's Russian. It's just a flag, but like, what does she have to do with it? You know what I mean? Like, like taking civilians as prisoners, looting homes, raping and kidnapping children, and the genocide of Ukrainian people. That is like, it's not politics, but it's not tennis either. Like, what does that have to do with Savalenko or any Russian, Belarusian tennis player? Right? Anyway. Of course, last time Kostyuk faced a Russian or Belarusian player was in Miami, I believe, and she got rocked. It was by Potapova. Um, but that's not to say that she's going to lose and suck against every Russian player. Maybe it's something to think about. Maybe, and I'm not saying this to be funny, I, I do kind of sympathize with them in the sense that it must be tough facing a Russian player or a Belarusian player because, like, 
I know that these Ukrainian players are suffering and, and seeing what's happening to their homes or their countries or even their family or friends back home, like seeing what happens what happens to them surely is devastating. And I'm sure they hate Russian people or just the idea of Russian so like Russian tennis players like playing against them. It just might make you sick a little bit. You have something on your mind, you're not fully focused, etc. So in, in that regard, I do see like how it uh, could affect them. Oh, and I do, uh, you know, definitely take sympathy with them for that reason. But generally speaking, to forget about this whole topic, uh, Marta Kostyuk on the tennis court, it's not been very good. Um, she's one that I've been, like, following relatively closely for, like, two years now since she sort of, sh since she sort of emerged. But lately, like, she's improved a lot, um athletic uh athletic like physically her athleticism has improved a lot but one thing and i think this is something that you can't improve or necessarily work on i mean maybe you can but even if you spend years trying to um you know hone these sort of skills you're gonna make very little progress which is your decision making your tennis iq and just your instincts during a match and I don't think she has that. I think she seriously lacks that. And it's just one of those things like it's either you got it or you don't, right? It's one of those things. And I think that she seriously lacks. No question, she's an exceptional athlete, super fast, super fit, super durable, super powerful, has has a great build, great frame. I mean, she can hit the damn tennis shots. She can hit the ball hard. She can get around the court. It's just it's just the little things. Tennis, it's not just forehands and backhands and, and running around the court. Right? Right. So I think with that uh, with that being said, Kostchik has been sort of dwindling. Not dwindling as in getting worse, but just not sort of living up uh, to her expectations. And, like, she's improving physically and that. But then, like, her, her sort of intangibles aren't there. You know, her, her IQ... Her, her decision making is not sort of hasn't really caught up or progressed with her more physical skills that she's uh, worked on so there's a bit of a gap there and she's as she's not very good she's not very good um, as far as how I see this match playing out Kostyuk Sabalenka first up on day one opening play on the main court which I'm not gonna say fine I'll say it Philippe Chatrier Philippe Chatrier. I can't say it. I don't know where the R's and T's are. Um, but I promise you'll get it. Um, I think it's a tough one to call. I mean, Sabalenka is a huge favorite. Do do I see an upset? Is an upset even possible? I don't want to say it's like impossible. Like I wouldn't say Sabalenka is a lock. But it's a bit of a tough one. Last we saw of Sabalenka was her very embarrassing round one exit to Sonia Kennan in Rome. Uh, last we saw of Marta Kostyuk, like, I, I don't even really recall. Let's see. Marta Kostyuk last played uh, in Rome as well, lost to Bedosa in the second round. 6-4, 6-2, beat Claire Lou in the first round, 6-love, six 6-4. Six Madrid lost to Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano in the first round from 6-3 up. After that, she lost 6-4, 6-3. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, no Stuttgart. Um, but like I was saying, I think two years ago in round one, she beat Muguruza in her opening match. So, like, 
I don't know. I personally will not be betting this match, but how I see playing it out, I, I think Sabalenka won't be like 100, and I think Kostyuk will try and come out firing. Over 19.5 really does seem kind of low, but then again, Sabalenka can 6-2, 6-2 anyone. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm just, sorry, wow. I'm just excited to watch it. And sort of see what happens and see how Sabalenka plays, really. Um, but I don't think I'll be betting it. Okay. Wow, I was just really excited to get into that match. I forgot to say that tomorrow it's the bottom half of the draw, 20 matches. Um, of course, bottom half of the draw is 32 matches. Um, so the bottom half of the draw will be split on uh, Sunday, Monday. And the top half of the draw will be split... Monday, Tuesday. So tomorrow we'll have the remainder 12 matches from the bottom half of the draw. And I'm assuming something like 18 or 20 uh, of the top half. Or 18 or 20. What? Something like that. Something like that. Now that match, Kostyuk Sabalenka is taking place all the way at the bottom of the draw. Because that's where the number two uh, is, uh, all the way at the bottom of the draw. So in the fourth quarter, the winner will face either Udvardi or Shimanovic. Uh, again, as we discussed yesterday, that's a very easy second round. Um, and the third round will be just as easy. So for either one of these players, especially Sabalenka, it definitely gets easier from here. And for Kostyuk, if she gets through Sabalenka, it's like, well, hello. She'll get Udvardi or Shima Shimanovic. If she wins there, she's in the third round and business is open, right? Right. Next, we have Storm Hunter qualifier versus Nuria Prezes Diaz. Now, I think in every tournament, a qualifier has a huge benefit because they come into this, you know, into the main draw. And, it, and of course, this only applies if they're playing against, you know, a non-qualifier, someone who had direct entry into the main draw. The advantage that they have is not only that they played two matches at the at the courts, at the, you know, they, they know what the surface feels like, the environment, the ambience, the weather, etc., the bounces, especially on clay. But also, it's not just two matches, or sorry, three matches in this case. It's three matches, but it's not only three matches, it's three wins. So Storm Hunter, you know, this past week during, you know, the Rabat Strasbourg week, uh, she just won three matches at Roland Garros. Yeah, it's qualifying, but they come in, like, with a lot of confidence. Like, I just won three matches at this club. You know what I mean? And now I'm about to play my fourth. Uh, I mean, will she be tired? No, it's just, like, her fourth match. Like, I mean, Amarato Khan won a slam as a qualifier, you know? But in all seriousness, I think Storm Hunter here does have the advantage. Nuria Prizes Diaz, very, very wishy-washy, capable player, but just sometimes has like blunders uh, mentally. Um, sometimes her serve is way off. Sometimes she just loses focus. Um, like her peak is them 250 events. She's a decent clay court player. I think she does sort of have an all-court game. Um, sometimes when she's on, she can be scary. Um but I think Storm Hunter has got her. I like the way she's playing. Storm Hunter, not usually known for her clay court abilities, but um, won the double, won the doubles title in Roma, I think, um, which is pretty cool. And obviously here qualified 
uh, for the main draw. So I like Storm Hunter plus 100. Oh, uh, I think that should be good. Nadia Podoroshka. Mm -mm -mm. You know, it's crazy to think that Nadia Podoroshka is not 36. She's actually she's actually only 26. Uh, feels like she's been around forever. Um, but I guess she just sort of started early and peaked uh, early. And then took a hiatus, which, you know, which made you, make you feel like she's old. Um, but she's back now, slowly getting after it again. Um, protected ranking keeps... Uh, gives her a direct entry into the main draw she's up against jessica Pon ponche qualifier um what i can say about these players is that this is just a bit of a <clears throat> kind of match there's really not much to say about this match uh, ponche is a well did i say she's a qualifier sorry she's a wild card um didn't play madrid or rome in her last three tournaments which were all itfs and 125ks uh won two matches made the quarterfinal and then lost uh, for Podoroska, she did play Madrid and Rome. Uh, lost in Rome to Sloane Stevens in Madrid. I think she lost to Siegmund from a set up, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, played some of the 125Ks and, and ITFs, I think, as well in recent weeks. And, you know, results-wise, nothing special. This is definitely an ugly match. The lines are kind of close. Um, you know, guns in my head, I'd bet Podoroska. I think she's the better player. Um... And with like just the pedigree and experience, I think. But Ponche, uh, wild card, you know, nothing really to lose. Uh, French, French crowd, etc. You know, but it's 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 a no thank you for me. Okay, next, Mayor Sharif versus Madison Regal. Now, Mayor Sharif in Madrid made it all the way to what the quarters, or was it even the semis? Um, and even went up 6-2 against Sabalenka, which was the eventual champion. And then, you know, Sabalenka turned it on. But also, Mayor Sharif kind of went back to being Mayor Sharif, if you know what I mean. Um, and then the week after in Rome, first time in Rome, you know, first time in the Rome main draw for her. Just had a historic week in Madrid. Uh, she lost in the first round. Uh, Mayor Sharif, I believe, to Blinkova. If I'm remembering correctly. She lost the blink of her from 6-2 up. I mean, she was... Wow. So she was up 6-2 six against, six against Sabalenko. And then lost 6-2, 6-1. And then first round, Rome. She was up 6-2 against Blinkova. And then lost 6-2, 6-3. And then in this... Uh, uh, this just this past week in Rabat. Uh, which we did mention, actually. She played against Riera. In the second round. And lost seven five seven five, which is not very good. In the first round, she she beat Katarina Kuzlova Bendel six one six three. So Mar Sharif trending downwards uh, since her historic week. I think she's been really really shit this year. Clay is her better service surface. So I mean, seeing her, you know, perform better than what we've seen from her so far this year should be expected, because. Uh, I mean, she sort of kind of has been away for the season, but whenever she did play on hardcore, she's really, she's pretty garbage. Um, but, you know, losing to Blinkova. Now, I know Blinkova made the Strasbourg final, so at the time, that loss probably looked like really bad first round Rome after making the semis or quarters in Madrid and being a set up against Sabalenka. You go to Rome and then you lose from a set up against a hardcore player. 
yeah, that loss looks a little bit less now, less shit now, but uh, it's still pretty bad, I'd say. Um, Madison Brangle is just a pest. She's a menace. She's like hell. She's a disgusting ratty pusher. Uh, Mayar Sharif is sort of the same. Mayar Sharif is minus 435 and minus four and a half five uh, on the spread with the games. Like, that's kind of a lot, but no thank you. No thank you. I don't even know what Madison Brangle has been up to these days. Um, don't think she played. Yeah, I don't think she played it uh, Italy or Madrid, Rome or Madrid. Um,. But I feel like she only plays in the U.S. and, like, the Aussie Open. That's really the only time I see her. Um, but anyway, yeah. No thanks. That's a disgusting one. The winner of this one, by the way, gets either Townsend or Potapova in the next round. So you feel like uh, it's probably a safe bet to say whoever wins this, it's the end of the road for them um, right there. Um, and... Regarding the Pancho Podoroska match, the winner gets either Zachary or Mukova. Okay, moving on. Okay, Pana Udvardi is a wild card here, I believe. Or is she not? Probably not. Is she? No, I don't think so. Um, and Shimanovic is a qualifier. Now, Pana Udvardi on the clay, like, just looking at last year, not bad at, like, some 250s, etc. Um, and I don't know really who this Shimanovic is. World number 211. And Quali, she beat Garland. Ruvro. And Montgomery. Like, that's a really lucky draw. Like, I know it's Quali's, but that's a really lucky draw. Uh, for a slam, she beat a bunch of waste women. Oh, uh, uh, Garland Ruvro and, and Maya Hontama, the Japanese girl, uh, which is actually her only good win, and that was in the final round. But I mean, who are you? Um, just ITFs for her, really, pretty much, and not a lot of good results, really. Um, this is a very ugly match. And honestly, I know Udvardi's in horrific form, but plus 185 uh, is kind of tempting. Gun to my head, I would bet that. But of course, Shimanovic, um, like I said, with all qualifiers, um, they do have that advantage playing three, um, playing three matches, uh, you know, at the club on the surface, familiar with the conditions, and not only three matches, but their th three wins as well. So could give them a lot of confidence. Next, Zhang Shuai and Magdalena Freck. It's crazy to imagine that, you know, this match, like last year, the lines would have been flipped. You know, Magdalena Freck is minus 400, minus 4.5, 5 against uh, Zhang Shuai. Uh, seemingly, Zhang Shuai has fallen off a cliff this year. I mean, last year she won a title. She was pretty competitive in some events, uh, hardcourt and clay, indoor, outdoor. Like, she's been uh sort of a menace i think she peaked like top 30 or something or even like top 25 or something uh but since then she's fallen off a cliff magdalena fresh um or frech um she's kind of improving young player uh like definitely talented knows how to play tennis but but for her again it's sort of mental and just 
kind of choking or, or, or tightening up in, in the big moments, like getting across the line. Something that Zheng Shuai can definitely take advantage of if things get, you know, if she gets a bit more, like, you know, tentative or cautious or starts playing with, you know, less aggression and, and starts getting scared, etc. It's not going to be pretty for her. Uh, Zheng Shuai can definitely turn it on and capitalize. Uh, she's a bit of a punisher, Zheng Shuai, and even if she's not in good form, if she sees... Uh, an opening or an opportunity, she'll definitely capitalize and seize it. Uh, 19 and a half here seems super low given Fresh's tendencies to choke, throw, bottle uh, her leads and sort of, you know, get across the line. Uh, this definitely feels like three sets and over 19 and a half, I'd say, is pretty low. Okay, next. Camila Rachimova versus Sarah Bezilek. Sarah Bezilek, one of the Czech girls that's super promising. Um, second slam, I believe, maybe third, uh, but I think it's a, at least the second slam she qualifies for, um, you know, through qualifying. Um, definitely the U.S. Open where she actually won a match. I think she beat Heather Watson, uh, in the first round of the U.S. Open, which at the time was sort of kind of like a, def definitely an upset, but like also like a pretty good win, you know, considering she was like 16 or whatever, um. And then lost to Samsonova on a lot of drugs in the second round. But this year, uh, she's against Rachimova. Now, did Rachimova play qualies? Or, uh, no, she played Rabat, right? I know she played... The, yeah, it was Rabat. I know she played this week. Um, lost to Alicia Parks, which is... Oh, my God. That is a very bad result. But maybe she was holding back. Um, her clay results so far, not very good. She did play a handful of 125Ks. Um, she played Roman Madrid. Uh, in Rome, she qualified as a lucky loser to the main draw, lost to Mukova in the first round, and quali, she lost to Elena Gabriela Rus uh, from a set-up. Um, with all that being said, her results haven't been really good, but I think she'll beat Sarah Bezlik. I just think she's better than her. Uh, Rachimova's uh, an underrated player. Uh, she doesn't seem dangerous, but I swear like she's actually a very good problem-solver on court. Uh, and just, f like, if she's struggling or if it's, like, even, uh, you know, if the match is just, like, trotting along and, like, you know, she's usually pretty good at finding a solution, um, finding a way to gain the upper hand and, and sort of pounce, uh, which I think she'll definitely be able to do, do against someone like Sarah Bezlik, who isn't as strong as her and, and probably not as experienced. Uh, definitely more talented. Sarah Bezlik has some craftiness to her game um her her serving is actually not that bad for a you know smaller girl um and she plays some pretty clean tennis sound tennis um but yeah rachimova that's i think it's, it's such a gift like minus 125 this is just like public perception here like this is not a 50 50 like the odds suggest like you know rachimova's slightest of favorites but really she should be like a way way bigger favorite uh, like in an in a non-biased world where we're not deluded or clouded by public perception at what we think of these uh you know very young talented girls this would probably be minus three and a half like minus 200 ish minus 225 for rachimova i'd say so minus 125 for her tomorrow against sarah bezlik is a steal i think okay next magdalenette versus leila annie fernandez now magdalenette has has some really bad losses recently in 
in like their last three tournaments she played. Now at the time in Madrid, losing to Andriva, Mira Andriva in the second round uh, was very, very embarrassing uh, at the time. Um, but obviously she won two more matches and made the quarterfinals, so like it doesn't look as bad now. Wait, my Arsharif made the semis, and Mira was quarterfinal. That's right, that was Sabalenka's path. Sabalenka beat her. Yeah, okay. Um, but Lynette against Vondrusova in the first round in Madrid, I remember. Like, Vondrusova could not move. Like, she was not even a statue. Like, she was a, looked like a zombie or like a cripple, you know? Like, and it went to three sets, and it was super close. Vondrusova. Now, now I know that's Vondrusova's MO. She always looks injured or hobbled and just finds a way to sort of scamper around the court and, you know, pull off a win or something. Um, but it looked really bad. And then the next round, she lost to uh, Andriva Lynette. Um, in Rome, beat Noskova 7 6 6 1, lost to beat Haddad Maya in the next round 7 5 6 4. Hmm. In Strasbourg, just this week, she lost to Pavlichenkova 6 3 6 2. Which, you know, given everything, I'd say that's, like, pretty bad. I'd say that's pretty bad. Um, but here's the thing that I'm really, really worried about. This girl, Leila Fernandez, like, can she, like, she stays losing. Like, she she's she always loses. But, like, can she keep losing? I feel like, like, these ratty-ass, disgusting players always just get that one win, you know? Or just have that one good tournament. And there's no telling if this is going to be one of them... Um, you know, occasions like Lynette, like I don't love it, but I I can place faith in Magda Lynette. I know she's capable. We saw what she did at the Aussie Open. Um, but this, I mean, I mean Lynette two years ago, I remember in Strasbourg, she played Strasbourg this year, lost to Pavlichenko. Two years ago, she beat Halep. And, like, Halep of two years ago was, like, like pretty good, no? Anyway. This match is a pick'em. You have to bet Lynette. Maybe not go crazy. But, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a bet you just can't turn down. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a lock or, like, a gift. But, like, out of principle, like, you just gotta play this. Magda Lynette is better and will probably beat Layla. Unless Layla does some ratty ass shit. But look, Magdalenette is a rat herself, so like she's not really susceptible to to Layla's antics, I feel like. Wow, I can talk about this on and on and then I'll like it more and more, so maybe we should just leave it before I do something uh, stupid. Okay, Magdalenette, uh minus one ten versus Layla Fernandez. Okay, cool, I like that. Okay, here we go. Maria Sakri versus Kaya Mukova. We've been like sort of beating around the bush here you know brought up this match a few times uh this is an insane first round match um it's a rematch i know they played in madrid two years ago uh way past midnight and three sets mukova won they also played last year uh here at roland garros it was seven six seven six mukova um the madrid one that i was referencing was two years ago in 2021 uh it was like six love, uh, first set Mukova, and then Sakari, you know, you know, you know her ratty ass came back in the second set, and then Mukova seven five in the decider way past midnight, uh, really good match, one of the matches of the year I think, uh, in twenty twenty one, but last year here at the French seven six seven six Mukova, 
Um, um, so 2-0 and Mukovo uh, on their clay meetings. They also met seven years ago in an ICF, also on clay in Cairo. Uh, Sakurai won 6-4-6-1. But that was, uh, you know, seven years ago. So we can maybe, it'll be fair to sort of dismiss that. Uh, but let's say it's 2-1 and Mukovo, they're head-to-head. Um, 2-0 and in the last two years. 1-0 uh, and here at the French, which was last year. Um, and it's a pick'em. You know what I'm saying. Like this... Yeah, Mukova low-key has sor- sort of like fallen in my eyes a little bit. She has sort of like dipped her level. Not really like her results. Like her results, they're sort of kind of like been the same. But performance-wise, like I think I've been more impressed... Um, maybe like end of last year or like earlier this year but looking at her play against Paula Badosa losing to her in Rome that's kind of embarrassing losing to Bigu in the second round in Madrid in straights that's a little bit embarrassing but in Miami and Indian Wells she was great in Dubai she was fantastic um yeah 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 Kaya Mukova hell of a player she can definitely do everything Sakri does but better for sure, I love this. Love, 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 love this. And it's not a nighttime match where Sakari fucking goes like ape shit. Even though Mukovo did beat her way past midnight in Madrid uh, two years ago. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. What a match. This one and Kostik Sabalenka, uh, matches of the day, no doubt. No doubt. But there are a couple more good ones, uh, which we'll get to in a sec. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Uh, Jean-Jean versus Kimberly Burrell. Kimberly Burrell qualifier for sure. I know that for a fact. Or am I still lying? Like, I already forgot. She's a wild... See, she's a wild card! I totally lied. So this is wild card versus wild card. Kimberly Burrell versus Jean-Jean. Now, last year, uh, this girl, Liolia Jean-Jean, um, actually, like, came out of fucking nowhere. I know she played college... Uh, college tennis in the states and was like pretty good but as a pro like she was sort of like an unknown or a question mark um but last year was sort of uh her reveal and it was definitely like a surprise reveal um uh did decent at the french i think she won a couple matches and then after that in the summer there's there were you know a couple events etc and she did pretty well uh there as well but this year watching her play Really, really, really fucking bad. The other day, I watched her straight up tank, like tank a match in Rome against the Estremska. Uh She completely, completely tanked. Lost the first set seven five, and then just quit. I think like five five in the set, she just sort of gave up. Lost those last two games, dropped the set, and then said, "Peace, I'm out." Uh, and that was really, really bad. Um, played Robot this week. Uh, beat uh, Gabriela Talabali, which is like a really unknown name ITF player. Um, in the first round, second round, lost to Putintseva, 6-2-6-1, which is, like, routine, I know, but, uh, not very promising at all, uh, I think Kimberly Burrell beats her, Kimberly Burrell here is a slight favorite, and I think that's a really good bet, to be honest, just, uh, I think in better shape and form than Kimberly Burrell, yeah, she's not French, but I, I think Kimberly, Kimberly Burrell is just, uh, like she's a solid player very raw um inexperienced at this sort of stage but she's she can play and i think this is a bet worth making for sure
Okay, Alize Cornet versus Camilla Giorgi. Probably going to be Alize Cornet's last ever French. Um, she's plus 175. And, you know, Alize at the French, like, I would love this. But she's been pretty horrific, to say the least, to put it lightly, this year. Um, she beat Martinsville a few weeks ago, which is just, I think, like... Which says something more about Martinsova, I think, than Alize Cornet. Um, Camilla Georgi, as well, one of those players, just like Danielle Collins, like, extremely wishy-washy, like, very hot and cold. Um, but when they're hot, they're f they're hot. And when they're cold, it's kind of rough to watch, Camilla Georgi. So, like, even saying that, like... Like, this being a first-round match, like, Camilla, like, Camilla Georgi in a first round of a tournament, you have no idea what to expect going in. So, like, you have two options. You either fade her or you just wait to see what happens and see, like, which Camilla Georgie is it for, you know, if she wins, you can sort of keep that in mind for next round. You know what I mean? Um, so, pretty much the options here. Are you willing to bet Alize Cornet or do you have no faith in her whatsoever? And is Georgie just a bit too scary or pass? It's simple. Simple not to say that, you know, the decision is simple. I'm saying it's simple. It's either one of those two. Which one is it? Honestly, I don't know. I think I'm leaning more towards pass, really, honestly. Um, I'd love uh, the idea of sort of fading Georgie in the first round of the tournament, not really knowing what to expect, no good form uh, or, you know, momentum or rhythm or anything like that to go by. But Alizé Cornet is just has been really, really disappointing, I think. And I think she got booed off last year when she came here and played at the french and she is like currently probably like the best french women's tennis player right i mean don't tell me like diane perry or elsa jacquemot or something like that well, and obviously she's, she's a legend alizé cornet but yeah. yeah 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 honestly i think clara clara, clara burel or oh carol garcia that's right that's right okay Next, speaking of Claros, Clara Towson versus Sasnovich. Um, Towson, now I know this for a fact. She's a qualifier. Like 100% this time, she's a qualifier for sure. Versus Sasnovich. Now, the thing with Sasnovich is, just like Kaya Kanepi and like Shelby Rogers, those three um, beast slayers, they'll never win a tournament, but they'll take some heads before they go. You know what I mean? Like, they'll cause a few upsets win a win a few big matches and then fucking bounce they always do that shelby rogers sasnovich kaya kanepi uh the name for these kind of players beast slayers or spoilers now grammatically that's like kind of funny like that's a bit of a stupid word doesn't sound like whoever made that up is a first you know english is probably not their first language but yeah it kind of makes sense they're a spoiler as in you know they yeah you get it you get it you know you know you know what i'm saying um but asasevich i like you know first again first match of a tournament first round i feel like she's got some spoiler in her especially as an underdog of course that's the only way you're a beast slayer or a spoiler is in these underdog first round or early round positions um and it's scary. I'd love to bet Clara Towson. 
Oh, uh, she's she's uh, wow, she's she, she, wow. She is showing some uh, toughness and grit and and uh, like competitive spirit, which she always had. Um, which sort of can be uh, which can sort of go under the radar sometimes, and and you'd instead focus or notice rather her sort of bad attitude or just like negative uh, body language on court. But I think she is very she has a lot of grit and. She's very, very competitive. Um, but in a way, so is Sasnovich. She just rallies and she grinds. Uh, and she just sort of gets after it. But sometimes her serve is uh, really, 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 really lets her down in a big way. Um, hi, yeah, yeah, tough one. It's, I think, very fairly and reasonably priced. So I'd say, like, these lines are actually kind of sharp. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a tough one. I'd go Clara Towson minus 145 just because of that qualifier thing I've been talking about. Played three matches here, won those three matches, you know, some momentum. And quality-wise, talent, definitely better than Sasnovich. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like it, definitely don't love it. Anastasia Potapova, Taylor Townsend. Yo, this Taylor Townsend is kind of scary. Like, she's been taking heads. She has a disgusting lefty serve, which a lot of players struggle with. Um, Anastasia Potapova, there's no telling. She could really eat that up and destroy it and just sort of cruise through this match. Um, or she could not, or she could really struggle. Potapova sometimes, like, when she wins, like, it's, it's impressive, but it's not like a thorough, convincing win. You know what I mean? Like, she'll do it sort of dramatically, like a 7-6 or like a 3-setter or something like that. Um, so this is definitely a pass for me, but definitely excited and curious to see how Anastasia Potapova not only fares against Taylor Townsend, uh, the lefty, and, and, and her devastating serve, uh, but also this uh, tournament in general. I know she's in a tough quarter. Um, to look at the draw super fast, uh, like I was saying earlier, the winner plays Mar Sharif or Brengel, which is uh, good news for Potapova if she makes it through there. Um, that's definitely a winnable match for her. So this is like a buy one, uh, buy one get one almost. If you win this one, you're you'll get the next one too. Faux show. Okay, Tamarazi Danchik versus Shinwen Sheng. Tamarazi Danchik, semi-finalist two years ago when Barbora Krejcikova won. Um, wow, what a time! What a time! Tamarazi Danchik made the final of the French Open this year. She qualified. Um, you know, through qualities. Uh, what a turnaround, honestly. Uh, quite the story. Versus Shinwen Shang. Um, at the start of this year, around Feb or March, I made a list of players who I predicted would sort of fall off from last year or who would not live up to expectations this year. Um, it was actually a very good list. Um, um, included Shinwen Shang, Bihadad Maya, Koschuk, Pagula, um, even Bencic, Vekic, every American player. Um, man, some of these tweets are just so, so good. But I but I did predict that Chinwen Sheng would sort of not live up to expectations uh, this season. Which, so far, I would say seems to be the case. Um, and the proof is just that she's not really... Um, she's not really, like, the topic of conversation anymore. Like... I know if you're not winning, then obviously, I guess really the only girls that are in conversation this year are Sabalenka, Rabakina, and Iga, 
and then of course uh lately like mira and driva and like sometimes like ostapenko badosa sakari pagula etc um but nevertheless shin wenshang also low-key this may be her best surface uh she's pretty good on hardcore um but this year some you know she played all of uh, all of the three big um clay tournaments so far which were stuttgart madrid rome and uh, and stuttgart lost to iga Svantec in the second round uh, after beating alicia parks in the first um in madrid beat mcnally and then lost to alexandrova from a set up in rome beat cornet beat bondar beat Yu wang and then lost to kudermetsova from a set up now Like, forget about this match for just one second. How I feel about Shin Wen Sheng. Last year, Shin Wen Sheng, um, I think, played against Ego and was actually one of the first players, one of the first and only players to take a set off her, like, in a while. This was last year here at the French, uh, but ended up losing in three, of course. Um, so maybe she could do well here. Like, she's definitely going to win this. Or at least you think, right? Shin Wen Sheng is minus 476 and minus five and a half games. Um, Tavarazi Dunchik, obviously a been there, done that kind of player. Um, she's not a superstar by any stretch, but like she's certainly capable. And if she gets going, like she can be, she can be pretty dangerous. So again, definitely not betting this one. Curious to see how Shin Wen Sheng does. Um, she can. She can perform well, I think. Uh, I think she does have a chance to sort of... To sort of prove that she is, in fact, a talent. And she's capable to compete at the highest level. Which we haven't really, really seen much of this year. So maybe she can remind... Uh, not just me and you and us, but also the world. What she is capable of. Honestly, and like generally speaking, I am rooting for her. Um... I just, she also kind of like fell in my eyes. Like, I don't really think she's that, that good. But love her. Super talented, capable player. Uh, kind of unique uh, in her style and just her uh, demeanor and her personality. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see it. Honestly, low-key, uh, a tough match, but one that she should win. Okay, next. Anna Bondar versus Irina Camelia Bigu. Um, let's call it two clay court specialists. Um, Bigu as well, one of them players, like, she's like a Martina Trevisan. Like, I feel like she's right there between being, like, the best 250 player or, like, the worst in, like, a good 1,000. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of like, like, best of the worst or the worst of the best, something like that. But she is certainly capable, Bigu, tall. A uh, very good frame hits hard, um, you know. Makes makes good decisions on court. Surprisingly, uh, athletic has good court coverage. Anticipates well. Uh, plays with a bit of a game plan. But again, with like, as is the case with a lot of these girls, it's just sometimes mentally it just goes from her. It just goes out the window. Uh, chokes, unravels, and then just becomes sort of her own worst enemy. Anna Bondar, exactly the same thing. Anna Bondar, man, so exciting to watch. Um, but again, it's just mental for her. Chokes hard, incapable of winning, like, big matches and, and, like, the big moments, like, when it's tense. No way she comes through. No way. Like, third set tiebreak, forget it. 
you know, one of those players, he just doesn't got it. Um, when it really, really, really uh, boils down to like a few like pressure points, like yeah, no. Uh, but nonetheless, generally speaking, I like her a lot. Fun to watch, exciting, and since she kind of like chokes and loses a lot of matches, there's always value with her um, in early rounds of tournaments. Like she's not gonna win the French Open, that's for sure. Um, but like, or any tournament uh, for the for that for the matter. Um, but, like, she'll win, like, one or two or three matches here and there. And she's always, like, priced uh, very generously if you're a Bondar fan. So, however, Bigo is, is a tough opponent for her. And, you know, at the same token, uh, Bondar is also sort of a tough opponent for Bigo for a first-round match. I think over 20.5 here would be the perfect bets. Because um, Bondar can be competitive and keep it close. Um, but like, no way she wins in straights, but I think she, yeah, 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 I actually like that a lot, uh, over 20 and a half, perfect, perfect number as well, faux show, okay, here we go, one of, also the, uh, one of the best, one of the better matches of the day, Daniel Collins, Jesse Pagula, now the biggest problem with this is just Daniel Collins being, like, just completely out of form and she's one of those players like when she's cold she's cold when she is hot she's hot pagula however leads the head-to-head -head three and oh uh this year they played in miami wasn't even close i mean it was six one seven six but it really wasn't even close um really uh i think daniel collins's best results at the french is better than jesse pagula's best result at the french if I'm not mistaken, I believe the year that Iga won for the first time, which I think is 2020, Collins made like, she made the semis that year, I think, or something like that. Um, Collins was actually pretty good that year, 2020, um, the COVID season. Um, but they played uh, in Miami, like I said, just a few, I guess, months ago now. 6176 for Pagula. They played in Montreal two years ago. 643675 Pagula. And then a uh, baby food uh, ITF clay in the US like seven years ago. Pagula 6463. So 3-0 uh head-to-head -head record for Pagula. Daniel Collins, man, just absolutely nothing to go by. Hasn't played since Charleston, where she lost in the first round to Shelby Rogers. And then before that, her last match was the match against Pagula two months ago in Miami. Um, so, like... Uh, I mean, I'd love a, I'd love a Daniel Collins, like, to win a set, you know? Um, like, like, for, like, plus... Oh, it's, I think it's, like, plus 160 or plus 145, Daniel Collins, to win a set. Over 19 and a half seems very low i mean but oh my god over 19 and a half oh my god yeah that's a bet jesse pagula overs are are automatic bro you don't even have to think about it oh my god yes hope danielle collins can win though that'd be nice i really really don't like jesse pagula for me that turned 
uh, our relationship turned ugly really fast. Uh, me and her uh, used to love her last year, and and really for the past two three years, she was one of those players like, oh like you're you're good enough like you can compete like like yeah, and then she made it all the way to number three. I'm like, bitch like you don't really belong here though like <laughs> you know so it's like it's weird. It's like I want her to get better. I want her to like sort of rise to the top, but then once she got there, I'm like. Yo, like, you're actually, like, not this good, you know? Um, but, yeah, and just seeing the way she wins, Jesse Pagula, just so lucky, so fortunate most of the time on court with the things, like, with the way, like, things play out. Like, she is very, very lucky. She grinds. She works hard, but easily beats, to be honest. And she does have a bit of a fucking mushy brain in the sense that sometimes it's just... Bleh. I feel like I say that about every player. A lot of these girls need to, you know, check their brains. Um, but anyway, next, Jilly Teichman. Jilly Teichman, I swear she's dead to me. She's like that one girl, like, I need to get over her. Um, I feel the same way, too, uh, in a way, about Diana Yastremska. Like, I need to move on from these girls. Uh, her, Like, I'd say Jilly Teichman, Alexandrova, Yastremska. Like, no matter what, I'm always going to bet those girls just because... Like, I love them so much, and I know what they're capable of, and I really, really want to see them succeed. It's definitely an emotional bet, but at the same time, I, I'm i emotional about them because I know what they're capable of, and I know that they can be so, so good, you know? Um, and Julie Teichman is one of them. Like, on her day, my God, she is such a baller. She's like Kaya Mukova. She's like a Kaya Mukova light. She's like the Walmart... Or Car 4 version of um, Kaya Mukaba. Car 4, by the way, French supermarket. Huge uh, supermarket. Or mega market, or whatever they call it. Hypermarket, I don't know. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Jilly Teichman versus uh, tour veteran, former world number 5, Sara Irani. Uh, on the clay, Sara Irani's best surface, but that shouldn't... Uh, factor into this at all this is this really does feel like julie teichman in straights right yeah big julie nemo versus dasha kasatkina dasha kasatkina quietly has been sucking dick all season um let's see da dasha kasatkina this year uh lost to rome uh, lo lost to rome <laughs> lost in rome to ostapenko after beating grab her and pigato in Madrid, lost to Kudermatsovo after beating Turenko and Pavlichenkovo. Uh, Stuttgart lost to Medosa. Charleston lost to Jabor. So, yeah. I mean, some tough players there she lost to. Like, her losses, her last four losses have been to Jabor, Medosa, Kudermatsovo, Ostapenko, who are all, like, top 12 players, right? Um, but still, Julie Nemo? I mean, she beat Kvitova in Madrid in the first round, and I know Kvitova there threw up all over herself. Um, but I swear this girl, Big Julie Nemo, can play. I know at some point she had like a 7 or 8, 9 match losing streak. I think it was actually up until that Kvitova match. Um, and since then, Big Julie Nemo is now on a 3 match losing streak. How about that? How about that? Lost in Madrid to Mertens very easily. Lost in Rome to Nuria Perezes Diaz, and then lost to Pauletti in a baby food 125 in Florence, Italy. Okay, how about that? How about that? 
Yeah. I'd love to see Big Julie Nemo win here. I'm not, I'm done betting Daria Kasatkina matches. It's just disgusting. She's a witch. She somehow uh, wins games, and then they turn into sets, and then they turn into matches, and and before you know what, she's in the quarters or in the semis. Like, no, I've had enough. I've had enough. Super yucky. Lastly, Samsonova versus uh, Ludmilla Samsonova versus Katie Volinitz. Now, there's no telling if this girl uh, Samsonova's on her drugs. I'm willing to wager no that she's not off her not on her drugs. And when she isn't, she's a horrible player. Huge difference, man. Huge difference. Katie Volinitz, though, um, she's very like small and like weak, but she's so uh, capable. Uh, her self-belief is high. She's very ratty, very vocal. Uh, a lot of, come on, come on, come on, come on. After every fucking point, no matter how she wins it. Which is tremendously obnoxious. I think extremely obnoxious. Make, like, if I was playing against her and, and she's come oning that much, I'm jumping over the net and, and, and bashing her skull, skull with my rackets. Honestly. And it's nothing personal. I would I would have done it to anyone who, you know says come on like that the whole time seriously it's annoying it's really annoying um watch your match versus fruvitova um and they're like the same person like both young girls trying to make it and prove themselves and establish themselves on tour they're both like the same height they're both like skinny kind of like like l little girls you know um and they're just both like, come on, come on, come on, come on, back and forth. So fucking obnoxious makes it uh, unwatchable. And then I press mute. And tennis, when you're watching on mute, it's not really the same, is it? So I ended up just turning the match off. See what happens? Yeah. Cause and effect. Unbelievable, man. But anyway, to talk about this match, Volinets plus 265. That honestly might be worth a bet, but some sort of a just, I think, uh, too, too solid uh too too powerful for for volley nuts i i don't think uh volley nuts will be able to keep up at all uh some son of a huge serve advantage um and in the rallies i think some son of a can yeah can match anything that volley nuts can do and, and just be be too much for her even without her drugs so that's going to be a stay away um really quickly to whiz through it again um Super fast. Um, Kostyuk Sabalenka, can't believe I'm saying this, but over 19 and a half. Storm Hunter, money line against Nuria Perez Diaz. Podoroska, Jessica Ponche is a pass. Mayar Sharif, Madison Brengel, it's over 19 and a half or pass. Uh, Pana Udvardi, only if you're really desperate for action, plus 185 against Shimanovic. Uh, Magdalena Freck, Zhang Shuai, over 19.5. Camila Rachimova, Moneyline versus Sara Bezlek. Magdalena Nets, Moneyline versus Leila Fernandez. Uh, Kaya Mukova, Moneyline versus Sakari. Kimberly Burrell, Moneyline versus Jean Jean. Um, Alize Cornet, Camila Georgi, it's a pass. Or Cornet, but it's a pass. Uh, Clara Towson, minus 145 against the Beast Slayer. Sasnovich. Oh, it's a pass. Um, but that would be the option. Uh, Taylor Townsend versus Potapova is a pass. Curious to see how Potapova fares there. Uh, Shinwen Shang versus Zidonjik is a pass. Bondar versus Irina Camila Bigu. It's Bondar plus 240 or pass. 
Daniel Collins, Jesse Pagula over 19 and a half. Collins to win a set. Collins to win. Collins to show Jesse Pagula what a real tennis player looks like. Yes, please. Uh, thank you. Next. Um, Julie Tuckman versus Sarah Rani. Thank you. Next. Um, Big Julie Nemo versus Dasha Kastkina. Thank you. Next. Katie Volance versus Ludmilla Samsonova. Thank you. Next. Honestly, though, a lot of good matches. Uh, I think the draw is good in the sense that it's fairly balanced. And then a lot of areas of the draw, it's actually very competitive. Um, and, you know, like pretty balanced. Uh, but I think that's what any draw would look like. I think at the moment on the women's tour, it is pretty balanced in the sense that there's like parity in a way. It's not like extremely top heavy like the ATP. Um where, like, the top four or five players are way better than the next, like, 16 players, you know? Um, but in the women's, um, like, from, like, like the top 30, like, the top 30 players are all, like, pretty good. Um, but I'm not saying, like, top 30, like, by actual ranking, but I'm saying the best actual 30 players on tour are all, like in the mix sort of most of the time at least you know that's how when you have like your sorry kirstayas your kvitsavas like they're not actually like top 10 but like they're you know very quickly sometimes top 10 mukova as well uh tyke mentioned when shang like these players that aren't actually at the top of the rankings daniel collins they can just you know pop out and give a you know a top top five top two sort of performance so yeah, 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 that is all for tomorrow. Honestly, really, really excited. Um, I mean, this is my least favorite slam, and I'm so excited. Uh, uh, slam's a slam. That's not to say that I hate this uh, slam, but out of four of them, this is by far, honestly, my least favorite. Uh, but I still love it, and I still love it, and I can't wait. Um, it's just really, there's, there's really, really nothing like it. Hopefully, this is a very good two weeks. Uh, these first few days as well are always like super 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 exciting um so that'll be that uh, i apologize for the late upload today uh one hour on the dot uh almost so yeah this has been the safe space thank you so much for listening uh thank you for allowing me to be part of your preparation um for the french open for the women's singles uh, I hope my passion and sort of my enthusiasm for women's tennis is uh, infectious, contagious, uh, and, 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 and then I hope you can grow to share the same excitement, enthusiasm, passion, and eventually maybe even knowledge um, for the women's tour. Uh, it's truly incredible. What a time to be alive. There's nothing like it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, best of luck to us all, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.